0: you to get your copy of God's Word, whether it's on a phone, whether it's on a tablet, whether it's the real paper thing, as if there's a fake paper thing. That was a weird statement, wasn't it? (laughs) Do they make fake paper? I mean, paper's paper, right? So if you've got the, the paper version or the digital version, get your Bible. Let's get this thing out. Let's dive into it today. We're going to be in James chapter 1. That's in the New Testament. Over to the right, uh, almost to the end of the New Testament, but uh, just turn to the book of James for me if you don't mind. That's where we will be today. You know, I want to go back to this thought that living life is not easy. It takes heart, it takes courage, it takes tenacity to not give up. Because sometimes in life, life just stinks. And life has questions and we're not sure what to do or which way to turn or where to look or, or how to even move forward. But the beautiful thing is, even in those moments, we can have hope and we can have direction. Even when we don't know if we're going to survive and which, which way is up or which way is down. Where can we go when we're in those moments? Well, let me tell you, I'm going to give you a, 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 a secret. Uh, I'm going to get you into the, to the uh, sermon a little quicker today. Where can we go? We can go to the Word of God. This is what today is going to be about. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joint and morrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Word of God speaks. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God, according to Hebrews, it's like a sword that can pierce, that can judge our thoughts, our intentions. It goes to our soul and our spirit. And we're going to get into this today because I got news for you. May, Heavenly Father, may the Word of God speak to us and let it be new today and let it be uh, in a way that will help us become holy. The context of the book of James is very interesting. James is actually a, a uh, not the original name. It's actually Jacob. If you look in your scriptures, you'll probably look in verse, verse 1 of chapter 1. There might be a little footnote, a little number that will actually tell you that James is actually the name Jacob. Jacob was the, the half-brother of Jesus. He grew up with Jesus, but I'm going to refer to him as James going forward because that's the name of this, this book. So James grew up with Jesus. He was there when, when, when Jesus was a teenager, when Jesus was in his 20s. He was there when Jesus was doing his ministry. He, he knew what was going on. Now what's interesting is the book of James is one of the earliest New Testament letters that we have that was written. It's one of the oldest books if you will. It's also called the, the Proverbs of the New Testament because the New Testament here, this is a place where you get a lot of just, just little sayings and, and pithy things that can just impact you just in a short little phrase or, or so. Now, he, James was not always a believer in Jesus Christ being the Savior of the world, being the Son of God. He grew up with his brother Jesus uh, and he did not quite grab hold of him being the Messiah until after the resurrection, as, as we can see in the history of the church. Now, in the book of Acts, we find that James is actually a leader in the church, and whenever he speaks, everybody listens. There's a problem in the church in the book of Acts, and there, there, there's this debate going on, and one day James just speaks up, and he says, okay, here's what we're going to do, and everybody said, okay, that's what we'll do. So James had a great influence in the early church. Even though he was the half-brother of Jesus, I think that might be why he was uh, so influential. Now one of the key things in the book of James that many of us are familiar with is the very first part where it talks about uh, troubles and trials and the difficulties of life. And we find that James is writing this to believers, those who follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. and we can find great wisdom and understanding in this book and he really digs into the idea of Scripture and we're gonna get into that in just a moment but Chuck Swindoll said this if I could have one wish granted for all of God's people it would be that we return to the Word of God the Word of God the Bible is the final resting place for our hopes our sorrows and our surprises As God uses life to teach us about the meaning of His Word, He then uses His Word to teach us about the meaning of life. If it weren't for His book, we wouldn't know that Jesus loves us. We wouldn't know that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus forgives. We wouldn't fully understand and grab hold of grace like we can if it wasn't for His book, the Word of God. We find that God keeps His promises. The things written in His book, He keeps. We find that His nature and His character is unchanging because anything that goes on in the beginning is still the same about God in the end. The story is absolute, tied together in a thread that points us to Jesus Christ. It doesn't contradict itself. It is absolutely a story that is contained from beginning to end the essence of who Jesus is. And as we look at the Word of God, I want to to give you this truth as we're diving into the Word of God today, is that what I am holding in my hand today, it may burn with fire, but the words within it will live forever. These words are both divine and human. It was inspired by God. As a matter of fact, it says in 2 Timothy, all Scripture is God-breathed, God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All Scripture, everything contained within this book right here is God breathed. So it's divine. This author isn't like any other author that you can come across. We may read books. We may look at books. We may like books. We may enjoy certain books. But only this book has a divine author and that is God. So it is fully divine but it's also fully human because he used human men to write down these stories and women. There are things in here that contain what God has for us to reveal Himself, to reveal who we are, and also to reveal who Jesus Christ is. So this is fully divine and fully human. And who else is fully divine and fully human? Jesus Christ. So this is centered not only symbolically on Jesus, but it is central, the, the central message is about Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. So I want us to read in James chapter 1 verses 21 through 25 today. So let's begin with verse 21 of James chapter 1. "'Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves.' You know, I'm reminded this morning I heard some people talking as we were all gathering here to get ready for the service this morning that they were, they were, they were saying, and this was humorous, I love this, that their house is haunted because every time they look in the mirror they see some, some old woman or old man looking back at them. There must be, a, must be a ghost or something living in the mirror looking back at them. And, and here we can see that there's a sim- symbolic idea that James is getting across about the mirror and how we look and we forget who we are. And we're going to get to that in just a moment, but right now I want us to dive into verse 21. Verse 21 where it says therefore putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness. Can I tell you something as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a follower of Jesus Christ, we can have filthiness and wickedness in our life. If we couldn't, James would not have told us to put it aside and set it aside so the very first thing is this sin stands in the way of God's Word being a priority in our life sin stands in the way of God's Word being a priority in our life. Maybe you've been thinking that maybe it's my schedule. Maybe I'm just too busy. Maybe there's just too much going on. I, I I just can't seem to just prioritize it correctly. Well, let me tell you what truly stands in the way of God's Word. That is sin stands in the way and is it is the obstacle. It's not your schedule. It's not your time. It's not your priorities in your life. It's not what you're trying to do and accomplish. It is sin that stands in the way of God's Word because our flesh is walking contrary to what God wants us to know and do. See, a neglect of God's Word is not a sin. Neglecting it's not a sin, but, is the, de- but the neglect of God's Word opens our life to more sin. As we neglect it, sin becomes more rampant and becomes stronger in our life, which causes us to neglect it a little bit more, and it gets a little bit farther and farther away. And the only time that we even get into it is on a Sunday morning, if we either come to church or we watch it online. That is a problem, and it's okay. Maybe you're a believer today, and you've not been in God's Word. That's okay. You, you're here, and you have come on the right day, because I want to give you some hope today that even though... Even though maybe God's Word is not being at the top of your priority, it's okay because today's a new day. And James tells us here to put aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness. Notice the exhortation uh, by James to the followers of Jesus Christ. He says, the filthiness, that is everything that is is defiled in God's sight. Things that, that defiles us in God's sight. Get rid of that stuff. Push it away lay it to the side, take it off, get, a, get away from it, uh, walk away from it. And I love the word all that he uses here. All filthiness, all wickedness. Get rid of all of it, not some of it, not a little bit of it. Don't just work on just a little bit. Get rid of all of it because it stands in the way of God's Word being a priority. James is making this clear. If you want God's Word to really take root and do something big in your life, you have to take the sins in your life and lay them to the side because they're going to get in the way of God's Word being the priority. He says that it will save our soul. It reminds me of whenever tragedy strikes or things go awry and it seems like our world has been turned upside down. The saving of our soul, the hope that we can have in the midst of the mess of our life, of what's going on, can be found in God's Word. See, hope isn't found in our circumstances or our situations. Hope is not found in things getting better around the house or things getting better in our communities. Hope isn't found that everything will go back to normal before corona. Hope is found in Jesus. Hope is found in the Word of God because things may not be the same as it was before. But even if it's not, can I tell you the one thing that will not change? That's the Word of God. The Word of God and the Scriptures are still just as consistent today as they were before the coronavirus ever came into existence. Existence. The Word of God today is still as powerful and is relevant and is needed and still has as much hope as it did during World War II or World War I or the, 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 the flu that happened in 1918 where there's 120,000 people that died in the month of October. Let me tell you, God's Word is consistent and sin will stand in the way of us being able to have the hope that God wants us to have. God has planted within us the one to whom inspired the Word of God. That's the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit. And God has placed that Holy Spirit within us. God has placed that to be part of us. And the very one who has told us about His Word is the very one who helped Write the word. Who was there when Moses would be scribbling it down and writing it down? Who was there when James was writing his letter? The Holy Spirit that inspired him is the same Holy Spirit that lives within me. So to think that I can't understand this is to say that the Holy Spirit is insufficient in being able to reveal what He has originally said here in this text. So we have to grab hold of this idea that before we can fully grab the Word of God, we have to let go of the sin in our life. We have to set it to the side. Notice it doesn't say that we have to destroy it. We just have to make that effort to say no to this and yes to this. That's what Paul's trying to get across. And it also says here to receive it with humility. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. To receive the word with humility. Now, we often think humility is a, a word of weakness. It means that you're, 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 you're weak. But let me tell you, here's what humbleness truly is. Biblical humility is positioning oneself to accept that what God says is actually true. And whether I like it or whether I don't, I'm going to accept it. That's humility. That's that's not coming with this idea, well, God, you don't understand the context of today. Yes, your Word may say this, but the context of today's society, nah, that really don't apply. Let me tell you, what God has in His Word applies today just as much as it applied 100 years ago or 2,000 years ago or 2,000 years into the future. God's Word is relevant and it's true. It's unchanging just like Him. John MacArthur said, I have found that my spiritual growth is directly proportionate to the amount of time and effort I study the Scriptures. He is saying that his spiritual growth is directly related to how much time he spends studying the Word of God. And when it comes to studying the Word of God, we... we, Some of us may think, well, I I can't understand it. I don't know how to get anything out of it. Don't let that stand in your way. First and foremost, sin will make you think that you can't do that. But the truth is, you can. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit is guiding you and He can help you understand it. The Bible is not simply a book of morals and good teachings and good ideas and, and good stories. The Bible is filled with things that will transform us. See, the Word of God is transformative, not just informative. The Word of God is not just simply here to give us some good feelings here and there and some good ideas of how we are to treat one another. The Bible is here to transform us and to be more like the image of Jesus Christ. The Bible produces a way of life that we cannot produce on our own. There is power in the Word of God. It is the power of God unto salvation. It is the the power of God to speak into our lives at the moments when we've got the biggest questions. So if we're going to grow deep, the Word of God must be a priority, and we have to be careful not to let sin stand in the way of that priority. So, today, the Word is implanted in me by the Holy Spirit. That's the second thing. The Word is implanted in me by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will reveal the Word of God. It will transform us, as we can see in verse 21. 21, therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility, receive the Word implanted, which is able to save your souls. It's powerful. It is Incredible as to what this book will do. Now, a foundational commitment that I want us to look at and really take to heart is that the priority of God's Word determines the full satisfaction of my life. Now, you may say, Pastor, where in the world do you get that? Are you saying that for me to be fully satisfied in my life, it's not about my career, it's not about my family, it's not about my dreams. Those may come into play, but if you truly want to be fully satisfied, the Word of God has to be a priority in your life. Because this is where God's going to give you direction. He's going to give you hope. But look at what God's Word actually says. This isn't something I made up. So let's look at verse 25. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be, what's the word, blessed. Blessed. That is, uh, in the original language, this particular word in Greek actually means fully satisfied. So let me read this again with that phrasing where the word blessed truly is. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer but an effectual doer, this man will be fully satisfied in what he does. The Word of God is clearly declaring here, if you're missing satisfaction in your life, if there's something going on and you feel empty and you keep trying to find it, and it's not found in all the stuff that you've been doing, it could be that the Word of God has not been put as a priority in your life. Because when you read it, you study it, you follow it, you do something with it, you're going to find a blessing. Even in the midst when circumstances don't get better and things are looking bad, the Word of God is going to be what gives you hope. The Message Bible, I usually don't read out of the Message Bible. That's not something that I'll preach from. But it does a good job when it it translates verse 25. I want to read to you what's in the message. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it, is not distracted, scattered-brained, but a man or woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation in the action. The Word of God is powerful. I'm here to declare to you as your pastor and as the man who is standing here to preach today that this right here is the foundation. This is what I stand on. This is what I live by. This is what I love. This is my passion right here, the Word of God. There have been times in my life when I felt lonely. And you know what I would grab? The Word of God and I'd hold on to it. Yes, this is just paper and it's a book, but it's what it represents. I've shared this story before that when I was in the hospital, when I was a little boy, and I would have surgeries on my feet and on my legs, and I would be in all kinds of pain and I'd be hurting. I wanted two things. I wanted my Smokey. I should have brought him today. I I could have introduced you to my Smokey. I still have my Smokey. He's a little teddy bear, and he is really old and wore out. But the other thing that I wanted in the hospital was I, I wanted the Bible. I remember as a little boy taking the Bible and holding on to it just as tight as I could. It's not magic. It's not some some magic potion. But I can tell you that this was my connection to God. I knew this was His Word and I loved it so much and it brought me comfort. I would hurt and I would squeeze that Bible. Because I felt like God was near me. The Word of God will transform your life. This is not just another book. This is power to get close to the Lord. Now, it's not enough that I just feed you. Let me make this very clear. It's not just enough that you get fed when you come to church. That was not God's intention. His intention is not for you to just sit and be fed all the time. He wants you to feed yourself. There's only one type of human that is only fed all the time by someone else. And you know what that is? Somebody take a big guess. They're usually about this big, and you usually have to change their diaper. What are they called? They're a baby. God is not intending for us to continue to be a baby in Jesus Christ. He intends for us to begin to grow up, feed ourselves, and be able to nourish ourselves in the Word of God. That's His intention So for us to be fully satisfied in our life, we have to grow in the Word of God, begin to feed ourselves for us to fully realize who God is. Jesus Himself said, If if you abide in Me and My words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. See, it went beyond just having a relationship with Jesus Christ to say, I'm going to heaven. He said, If I abide in you and My words abide in you, How can His words abide in you if you don't make this a priority and know what in the world He even said? Because Jesus' words are not just in red. He is part of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're one. So when God says, Therefore putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. That is actually Jesus saying that as well. So when these words abide in you, and Jesus abides in you, you can ask. other words, the priority of God's Word and the power of your praying are knit together and tied. Well, Pastor, I can't seem to pray. I, I, I don't have any power in my prayer. How about your Word of God? How is that Scripture in your life? Because these two things are knit together. They are connected. The more of God's Word you have, the more power you have in your praying. Because you begin to pray what God has already said. You pray His will. You begin to pray the things that God wants you to pray. And then all of a sudden, there's this power in your prayer like you never knew existed. God's love for us is not measured in how much time you spend in God's Word. Let me make that clear. God's love for you and God's love for me and His acceptance of you and me is not measured by how much time I spend in this book. But my love for Him can be measured and determined by the priority of this book in my life. God's love is not going to change. Whether I spend 16 hours this week in God's Word or if I only spend 16 seconds, God's love for me is not going to change. His acceptance of me is not going to change. But I can tell you, the sin in my life will change if I only spend 16 seconds in God's Word. The struggles I have will be tougher if I only spend 16 seconds in God's Word. But if I spend intentional time every day and prioritize this Word, those struggles are become the, the power of those struggles will begin to just decrease. And the strength that is found in the Holy Spirit and the transformation He can make begins to grow. See, we have been declared holy. We have a position of holiness, but we also have this process of being holy, of growing. And it comes from the Word of God being a priority. So today, I'm not here to make you feel guilty because you're not doing your quiet time every day. That's not what this sermon's about. This isn't about you getting up first thing in the morning and opening your Bible and spending an hour in the Word of God. I'm not here to tell you about a task. I'm here to tell you about a priority. That the Word of God must be a priority in your life. It must be a love, a passion. Because if it is a love and a passion, we don't have to work hard to make it a priority. Because it's already a priority. And you will find ways to digest His Word. And it will change you. Ian Bowne said that the, the absence of vital force in praying can be traced to the absence of a constant supply of God's Word. Want to improve your prayer life? Improve the Word of God in your life. If you want to find yourself with more strength to make it through the day, make God's Word more of a priority throughout your day. The Bible has survived all that has gone on in this world. The Bible will continue to survive. It will be mighty and it will be tall. There have been people who have tried to discredit the Word of God, to dissuade us that this isn't true, that we should doubt it. It shouldn't be a priority. It isn't relevant anymore. There have been people who have tried to absolutely keep us from reading it. But what a tragedy that would be. Because this Word of God can change everything that you've ever known, you've ever been trying to accomplish into something that's fully satisfactory. What must we do? Well, our success as a Christian hinges first and foremost on a relationship with Jesus Christ. But second, I am convinced it hinges on the intake of God's Word in your life. It hinges on the intake of the Bible into your life. So the very first thing that we need to do is we need to prioritize. Prioritize my intake of God's Word. Obviously, James said in verse 21 that we need to lay aside all filthiness and all wickedness and receive with humility the Word that is implanted in us. Do you understand when you receive Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives within us and the Word has been implanted in us. We have the Word here so we can read it. There have been people who have died. They have given their life so that you and I can have a Bible so that we could read it in our own language. John Wycliffe. Was, was murdered because he believed we should have the Word of God in our life, in our own language. Many died simply so that we could have the freedom to read the Word of God. We honor our veterans. We honor those who give their life for our country so that we can enjoy this freedom. But yet we take the Word of God and we neglect it and we don't even look at it. We don't even... Get into it. We don't read it. We don't listen to Christian music that may, may give us some of God's Word. We just only save that for Sunday mornings. God forbid. Because this right here is the most powerful thing that can transform your life. That's the Word of God. You want a better marriage? Get in the Word of God. You want to be a better f- husband or a be- better father? You, you Get in the Word of God. You want to be a better employee at work? Get into the Word of God. It will change the way you think and act. The Word of God is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I want you to think about this. You pour out what you take in. You pour out what you take in. What you influence your mind and heart with the most is what's going to be coming out of you. If it has to do with uh, video games or, or movies or uh, binge watching something on Netflix or Hulu and you're in this show, I guarantee you it's going to start coming out of you. Maybe you've noticed that. So let me ask you this question. If we go with this premise and this idea that you will pour out what is in you, what you take in will come out How much of this is coming out of your life? How much of the Word of God is coming out of your life? I'm not talking about just being at church or right now on Sunday morning. You know, you've made the 11 o'clock a priority and I appreciate that. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for being here. You are probably not the one that needs to hear this message. But I want to challenge you. How much of this is pouring out of you? Maybe there's not a lot coming out because there's not not a lot going in. So prioritizing the intake of God's Word will change everything. You are the only Bible some people will read. And if you're the only Bible some people will read, how much of the Bible is coming out of you? If there's not a lot coming out, is that a reflection there's not a lot going in it said in verse 25 of chapter one but one who looks intently at the perfect law the law of liberty and abides by it not having become a forgetful hearer but an effectual doer That's somebody who really intently gazes at the Word of God they don't just read over it they don't just go oh yeah that's nice yeah, I want to go about my day now. It's someone who gazes at it and looks at it intently. And they try to find what is it that God is saying to them in that moment. So when we prioritize the intake of God's Word, I have to say we have a plan. I can tell you there are some priorities in my life, and every priority I have in my life has some, some sense of a plan in my life. My family's a priority, And I guarantee you, I have a plan to be home with my family every day. I'm there every night. You can call me up at night. And I'm there at my house. I have a plan to be there. They're a priority. They need to be more of a priority. I need to not work so much. But they're a priority. There's a plan. And when it comes to God's Word, there needs to be a plan. Some type of plan in your life. For me, I have a plan. And... And I, I'm, I'm just going to share a little bit of it with you. This, this is my journal. This is what I use in the mornings. I get up. You may go in, oh, I don't like journaling. Hmm, that's okay. If you don't like journaling, I'm going to tell you about mine. So <laughs> here we go. I used to not like to do this either. I didn't like to write. I didn't think I was a good writer. But you know, this isn't for anybody else but for me. So if I goof it up, Paul, I goof it up. If I have to scribble something out, I scribble it out. Nobody's going to be reading this except for me. So why in the world do you do it, Pastor, if nobody's going to read it except for you? Because there is something almost magical that happens. When you take your hand and you got a pen in it and you put it to paper and you start to write, things begin to happen in your head and in your, in your heart that don't happen when you just think about something. So here's how I do this. I... I'll read a chapter, I read a chapter, and i write down the chapter I read, and i write down a verse that really speaks to me. Something like here, I wrote down Philippians 4.19. On this particular day, back in in February, Philippians 4.19, and I wrote the verse out. That's H. I highlight it. I highlight the verse. I just write down the verse that really stands out to me that day. Then I explain it. That's E, H-E. And I write down kind of the context, what the author is saying in that chapter and what is going on. Because to fully understand what God is trying to tell me today, I have to understand what He was telling them then to find the real principles. So I focus on what is God saying to them at that moment first. Then I get to the A, the application. And I begin to write down what it is that it is really saying to me and how it applies. So it's H-E-A, and the last one is R. It's a response. It's something that I'm going to do tangibly. It's not just an idea or a concept. It's something I do tangibly. It may be a prayer. It may be share the verse with someone. It may be to call someone. Different things have come up once I get through that. But I wanted to share that with you to tell you, have a plan. It don't have to be my plan. I use the HEAR journal, H-E-A-R, highlight, explain, apply, and then respond. There's a lot of other ways that you can do it, but if you will be intentional and have a plan, I guarantee you God's Word will begin to open up to you even more. But it boils down to this, prioritizing the intake of God's Word, and it will transform your life. It's not about me trying to find room for God's Word in my life. See, that's the wrong approach. If I'm trying to find room in my life for God's Word, you're already walking backwards. God's Word should not be finding room in your life. Your life will have room when God's Word is a priority in your life. You're going to find yourself relaxed more because of being in God's Word. I, I guarantee you the days that I spend in God's Word first are the days that when things are coming at me left and right, I'm like, okay, no problem. I got this. We can handle this. All right, God's got a plan. It wasn't on my to-do list, but it must be on His, so I'm going to go with it. <laughs> but the days I don't spend in God's Word and multiple days that I may neglect God's Word I'm like, oh gosh, I'm going to pull my hair out. I don't have much left, but I'm going to get rid of whatever's there because I'm about to go crazy. (laughs) It it really happens. Some people have been around me when those moments have occurred. But the truth is, being in God's Word will change everything. I want to make sure my hair looks nice. (laughs) First thing is, prioritize the intake of God's Word. The second one is, intentionally apply God's Word to my life that's what James says here in verse 25 is you, you, you don't forget you apply it you do something with it when he talks about the mirror here in verses 22, 23 and 24 and he, he's, he's talking about the people that delude themselves because all they do is listen to it then they don't do anything with it well that's a great message pastor but you don't do anything with it You go, well it made me feel good you're deluding yourself, and it's like walking up to a mirror and going, what's up? And then walk away and go, what did I even look like? Who was that that I was looking at in the mirror? Forgetting everything about why did you... That, that's what James is saying. We delude ourselves if we don't read the Word and apply the Word. If we don't study it and make it a priority and do something with it, We're a mess. We are a mess. May I encourage you that God's Word is not just about what not to do and what to do, but it's about getting you to a place where you're fully satisfied in life, where you're going to feel blessed. You're going to feel God's presence in the midst of the mess of life. Jesus said in one place, In the book of Luke, chapter 11, Blessed are those who hear the Word of God and observe it. Jesus even said in His ministry, Blessed are those who hear it and observe it. What about you today? If we were to measure what's being poured out of you, would there be any residue of the Word of God? I would probably venture to say, if you're listening to the sermon and you're tuned in online and you're watching this service live and you're in this room, the answer is going to be yes. And that's great. But let's not be just simply satisfied with just a little bit. Let's work to improve where we are. Let's continue to try to improve the Word of God as a priority in our life. If I was granted one wish today... If there was a genie and I had rubbed the lamp and poof, I got one wish. My wish would be this. That every single person, their fervent passion and love for the Word of God would be increased tenfold after this morning. That would be my wish. I could wish for many things. I could wish for you to have a lot of money. I could wish for you to to find success in everything that you do. But my greatest wish for you would be that you would be so hungry and passionately in love with God's Word, you cannot go one day without consuming some of it. See, this is about nutrition. As you take in the Word of God, you find yourself nourished. In the Christian faith, it is is possible to have a bunch of stuff right. As a follower of Christ, you can have a bunch of stuff that looks good. You can go to the right church. You can read the right books. You can listen to the right music. You can use the right language. You can even know the right stories. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ that spurs you to a place where you long to be near and know more about Him, then, oh, you're missing out. It doesn't matter whether you wear a tie or you don't wear a tie. It doesn't matter whether you're in this room or you're at home. If there's not a passionate love for Christ in your life, you're missing out on something. And the greatest place to feed that and nurture that is the Word of God. So I beg of you today to take serious the Word of God. Maybe you've already begun to think, what am I going to do this upcoming week? Well, how about this as a seven-day challenge? Read one chapter every day. Maybe you say, I already read the Word of God. That's fantastic. Then respond in some way when you read it. Find something that you can apply that day or that, this upcoming week to your life. I dare you to write it down. I dare you to journal and put it down somewhere as to what it is that God wants you to do with it. Maybe you say, well, I already journal and I already read. Praise the Lord. You need to teach the rest of us. What about memorizing a verse? How about grab hold of something this week that really speaks to you in a special way because all of a sudden when you memorize a verse, you know what you're doing? You're taking it and you're internalizing it and you're, you're making it your own. Maybe you haven't memorized a verse in a long time. Maybe you think, I can't memorize a verse You remember lyrics to a song, don't you? Some people know more about the Georgia Bulldogs than they do the Word of God. What you pour into you will pour out of you. So my challenge to you this week is to prioritize this. If you are serious about growing deep, You must be serious about the priority of this in your life. There are a lot of opportunities for Bible study right now that this world has never seen. The gospel is going out to more people than ever before. There are thousands of people getting sermons now that used to not get sermons. This is what blows my mind. On Wednesday night when I do the Bible study, do you all have any idea how many people Scotty and Judy are on with us? Sometimes we have anywhere from 54 to 83 people doing the Bible study with us. That blows my mind. God has used the coronavirus to get His Word out there even stronger and better. So I encourage you today, get involved in a Bible study. Get involved in in some way prioritizing God's Word into your life. Gina, will will you come and pray? Because a play, because we're going to pray. I Came across this quote. Somebody sent me this quote, and I, and I saw this, and it was powerful. It simply says, "Do not say God is not speaking if your Bible is not open." Think about that. Do not say that God is not speaking if your Bible is not open. The Word of God will speak to you. God will speak to you. If you'll open the Word, and you'll just get in it. The Word of God wants to transform your life. God wants to transform your life. And He's given us the Word to bring that about. What are you going to do with God's Word? What are you going to do with it this week? I hope you walk away today going, I'm going to make it more of a priority. Pray with me. Father, I pray right now that every single person will become so hungry that they cannot even begin their day without a dose of your Word. they don't have to listen to me let them listen to Charles Stanley or Chuck Swindoll great pastors that are out there that preach let them listen to their sermons their, their Bible studies God just as long as people are in your word that will transform their life that's what we want that's what we all need so Father may the hunger of your word grow stronger in each of us And Father, there is no way we can understand your word without a relationship with Jesus Christ. Without the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, these are only words on a piece of paper. But with the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, these are words that absolutely can transform and change our life. The words that are there that simply says that we need to accept Jesus Christ. The gift you've given are the ones that first transform us. For You loved us so much, You sent Your only begotten Son, that whoever will believe in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Those are words with promise and power that will transform us first and foremost. So today, if someone needs to accept Jesus Christ, if, if someone is listening to this and they go, You know, I've tried a lot of things. I've even tried to neglect the Word of God. I've tried to destroy it and discredit it. But I really feel that I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Right now, will you simply just raise your hand? Will you simply just reach out to God and ask Him to forgive you of your sins and to take over your life? It is that simple today to just simply ask Him to forgive you and take over your life. You can be transformed, and the Holy Spirit will live inside of you, and the Word of God will become alive and transform you. Today, maybe you've known Jesus for many, many years, maybe you've been in church for decades, and what comes out of you is not reflective of the Word of God. And you want to commit yourself today to make the Word of God a new priority this week. Will you do that right now? Will you make that a priority before God and just simply say something like, God, forgive me for letting sin get in the way of Your Word. Give me the courage. Give me the strength to make Your Word a priority in my life. God is going to answer that prayer and He's going to help you this week. He's going to provide you with answers. He's going to provide you with ways that His Word can be more of a priority. Thank You, Father, for what You're doing and what You have done through this, this message today, through Your Word, through the words that were written that still impact us even now. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.